0: you're listening to digital now an original business and technology podcast by logic 2020 i'm your host matt treville each episode i'll be interviewing a new expert to learn more about industry trends fascinating new tech shifting customer expectations and the steps every business can take to stay ahead
1: Hello and welcome. You're listening to logic 2020 digital. Now we've replaced Matt Truvel. Um, I sent him outside, told him to count to 500 and find me. Um, so I think that should give us enough time to do this interview. So we thank Matt for being a participant. I'm here with one of my fantastic partners, uh, in crime and I had the pleasure of interviewing today and I'm, uh, here with Mick Wagner to discuss supply chain analytics. So Mick, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm a senior solutions architect at Logic 2020. Um, I focus primarily on advanced analytics solutions. Um, I cover all sorts of different industries spanning both
1: telecom, high tech, uh, healthcare, and utilities. That's fantastic. And I don't know much about supply chain <clears throat> other than it's you know 8% of the national gross domestic product. It's one of the largest, oldest industries. Um, It's kind of virtually undisrupted by technology. Um, What would you say fires you up most about supply chain? Well,
0: that's that's a really good question, Riley. And I think you're uh, understating the the importance of supply chain analytics. I think what most excites me about supply chain is that we're reaching a point in time now where we're able to combine um, new development technology. Uh, More data is becoming available, so such things as uh, sensors generating um, IoT and actually having the cloud computing power to really start applying more uh, data science uh, approaches and algorithms and machine learning uh, to really get more predictive and really kind of improve supply chain analytics compared to um, years past where um, it was a lot more challenging.
1: That's that's amazing. And uh, so supply chain analytics Mick, help companies understand their costs and how long it takes to execute critical business operations. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely, Riley. So when we think about supply chain analytics, it's truly just more the management logistics, right? So it's being able to move key components, key people, key items, even, uh, even code uh, to where they need to be. Um, I think once you look at supply chain analytics in a much more kind of broader lens, you can see that most companies have some form of this, whether it's um, companies in IT, uh, utilities, telecom, finance, um, even uh, even software companies are really kind of um,
1: involved in uh, supply chain analytics. So Mick, predictive maintenance is a large term, and I'm sure it's changed vastly as technology has evolved. What kind of problem is this now? Mick, could you please talk a little bit about predictive maintenance and where you see the evolution of it heading and where are we today?
0: Oh, absolutely. So predictive maintenance is, is a very broad term and it can really mean a, a lot of different things. So when we're kind of looking at it um, under the supply chain analytics lens, um, we're really thinking about a handful of different uh, business use cases that really help kind of drive at this. So we're really kind of thinking about how do we deploy uh, repeatable solutions? We're going to use data and essentially run different algorithms um, to to predict what we think will happen. Right. And so in the maintenance area, um, this is specifically on A couple of couple of areas. Um, one is investment planning. So thinking through, you know, how long you're going to see those benefits out of the investment that you're doing, and was the degradation cycle just going to look like? How's a lot come together? Um, the second component is risk management mitigation. And the third one is more of a kind of predictive maintenance optimization. Um, and that's really kind of more around, um, you know, one, one really good example to talk about that we helped our clients with is, is how do you kind of automate asset inspections, right? And so every company has, you know, an asset to some level or degree, depending upon kind of what they call it. In this case, we were actually talking about you know, physical, you know, devices and assets that will that will kind of kind of wear down. And so this was a case where, um, again, we were kind of using the advantage of, of kind of drone video footage, um, combining that with all the different kind of big data processing and uh, machine vision techniques to essentially be able to, you know, identify um, components that were damaged, right? And so what this actually ended up doing was we were able to identify things that were having issues ahead of schedule or when they would normally have been seen. And so these parts that needed an additional inspection were being identified three months earlier than the prior method, um, which is actually pretty big when you think about um, the risk that a uh, you know asset failure could cause. Um, And so this really helps our client kind of um, increase safety uh, for their different um, business um, components, um, and also just reduce the inspection time and cost. People weren't going out looking at things that were completely fine. They could kind of know they were going in and and looking at things. um, had issues. Um, the one more kind of really fun one I wanted to talk about too was the uh, kind of investment planning. And so um, there's a really cool concept going around now uh, called the uh, the digital twin. And so it's this idea that you are you know recreating. I'm not probably not be the best job describing this, but you're essentially recreating a physical um, kind of concept uh, digitally, right? So that way. You can run different experiments, different kind of scenarios, um, you know, different kind of simulations, so you can kind of understand how it all works. And so um, we partnered up um, with uh, Microsoft and actually helped the uh, Las Vegas Raiders take a look at their new, um, you know, gorgeous football stadium and, and think about what the impact would be from a sustainability components for, um, you know, optimizing their HVAC systems and. Really, kind of providing that real-time, uh, you know, situational awareness based off of you know different components of their stadium, different sensors, weather, and all sorts of other uh, factors
1: um, that kind of impact the Nevada that area. That's incredible, and I think it's incredible because the digital twin concept is like a staging environment, like before you go to production to make sure things are working. Um, And then being able to, you know, asset management at a high scale sounds a lot like what Kubernetes is doing with APIs. So, again, everything seems to be pointing in this more data, but a simpler method, simpler path to it. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Very insightful. Awesome. And so supply chain is one of those things that it's kind of mirroring software development and portable workloads is is the answer, right? Being able to move data, have transparency. Um, And so, what is the importance of data within supply chain analytics kind of high level? Would you say the most important factors?
0: Yeah, so I think it it really boils down to you can't really manage something that you can't measure. And so supply chain really kind of um, gets its kind of roots and, and, and strength and, and being able to let you measure and monitor and therefore better manage different um, different activities. Uh, my background was actually in uh, industrial engineering and a lot of the supply chain background actually comes from that, which was really kind of centered around the idea of, of kind of optimizing work and trying to figure out the, the best ways for um, you know planning, Uh, machine uh, kind of activity or looking at different kind of industrial settings and really trying to eliminate waste from from value-added business activities. So when we think about kind of, you know, data and supply chain analytics, like the first question you should always ask is, well, why why is it important? How is it going to kind of really differentiate and and make our business better at what we do? Um, Well, the biggest thing is, We've seen that, you know, in various studies and whatnot, the companies that really kind of excel and and generate, you know, higher profit margins and and really kind of start to dominate uh, their competitors in the marketplace are actually really good at supply chain analytics. So a couple of of examples that that come to the top of my head is is really Amazon. And so a lot of people would argue that Amazon is, is truly more of a logistics company. You know, they do everything from not only being able to kind of optimize their own warehouse and shipping, but they've gotten so good that, you know, a big chunk of their business is actually coming through the uh, kind of third-party uh, suppliers where companies realize they cannot compete with Amazon and are really like giving them money to essentially manage their, their business. Um, so everyone's got rid kind of, of that one. was like kind of fun. Um, one that I really like to kind of share is more uh, about Zara. So Zara, people on the this call will probably know exactly what they're all about or have no idea, um, but Zara is one of the uh, fast fashion companies um, that has just really kind of dominated the last few years um, out of Spain. Um, so much so that one of the wealthiest people in the world is their, their founder. And so how do they find so much success um, in the fashion world using supply chain analytics? Um, they have a very well-oiled machine that can you know, attend a, a fashion show, understand what is hot and what's going to be popular, and where it may take um, other companies, and I can't remember the exact number, but anywhere between you know, three months to actually get that manufactured and then out to sell, Zara is able to push this significantly faster. I think I've heard they're even now getting it down to weeks where something will be on the runway and then they'll actually have it out and selling at the Zara stores way before their competitors.
1: That's incredible. I mean, in the time I worked in supply chain, you know, to move 80,000 units end-to-end takes about six wow. to nine months of setup, right? Get the warehouse established, get it staffed. And it's mostly because the tech, right? The technology is not up to distributed computational standards. There's no cloud instances, a lot of on-prem offerings, and that's a really juicy, exciting opportunity for improvement. And what do you think, if, if you think about supply chain analytics, you know, trying to emulate Zara and Amazon is a huge component of that, but... How else are we deriving what we should measure? What do you think are some ways that we're coming to those conclusions?
0: That's a a great question, Riley. And so what we've done is we've kind of identified a lot of common pain points across our different clients. And these are areas that we've kind of focused on helping kind of bring better solutions. So these really kind of boil down to kind of three uh, go-to-market solutions. Uh, One is labor forecasting. Um, The second one is inventory management and optimization. And the third one is uh, predictive maintenance. And so all these are kind of covering a little uh, different area of supply chain. And it doesn't mean begin to kind of scratch the surface. These are just the three areas that we've kind of really kind of focused in on with with our clients. And so the first one, um, when you're thinking about labor forecasting, you know, what does that mean? Um, It's really about utilizing statistics, machine learning kind of understand the different kind of business constraints and tying that back to the data and having a plan to kind of operate around that. And so when you're doing labor forecasting correct, um, you're gonna be looking at a couple of different kind of elements um, will be at play. One of them is event modeling. And so whether these are very common events or very extreme events, but something that will have a a direct impact on on what you're doing. Um, Another one is scenario planning. So this might be you know, looking at the ups and downs of, of demand uh, kind of throughout the day. Um, with that, you're gonna have to start thinking about workforce planning. So who's actually um, needs to be there. You wanna make sure you're not um, understaffed because you can lose a lot of business that way. Likewise, you don't wanna have your, your team kind of, uh, standing around and, and not really uh, being productive. All that ties into the broader scheme of, of workforce management. So how do you tie in all these different scenarios between mo- event modeling, scenario planning, um, and all the different kind of day-to-day workforce planning to come up with, with a broader plan. And with that comes our final piece, the schedule and um, potentially inspection optimization. And so we've kind of touched on a lot of these different kind of components in, in the past. And sometimes I think telling a, a story about these really kind of connects it um, a lot better. And so we're working with a retail company to really kind of um, understand our demand and labor forecasting better. Um, and so we were able to take in kind of their historical data and all sorts of other elements, apply some machine learning um, products to them, and actually kind of look through the different algorithms and efficiently kind of plan their labor, not only across like a company, and this is a place with thousands of locations, uh, but also down to the region and down to the store. So the reason why this was really important was to allow them to kind of forecast demand. And they even got down for them down to an hourly increment so they could figure out. When they're bringing people in, when they need a surge group, when they needed um, smaller groups, and could you know adjust these things to the uh, the season, um, region, and you know different different sales patterns. The, co- the key of this is if you're doing this right, um, you're essentially lowering your cost by not having too many people there, but then also you know being a retail store, you're not having that um, customer experience where someone walks in. They want to buy your product, but they see a line 10 deep and they go, it's really not worth my time. I'll just go to the competitor across the street.
1: It's incredible. Um, What's, what's funny is, you know, before the pandemic, you basically are as good as your inventory looks like, and you don't want too much or too little right on your shelf. However, we learned that having toilet paper, toothpaste, and water uh, is very helpful. And I remember hearing a stat that, Um, a water bottle company ran through all of their surplus for the following year in that short time. And so there's like a mad, mad shortage. And it reminds me a lot of, you know, distributed computing when we when we turn pet servers into stateful machines that could distribute and scale um, workloads. And that's kind of what's happening now in supply chain, which is fascinating. Um, And in terms of. in terms of the the schedule inspection optimization example, do you have any kind of examples of of something that we're offering and and doing that you could you could talk about in terms of at logic 2020
0: yeah absolutely and so when we think about some of the different solutions um, that we deliver we, you know we talk a lot about technology because it's it's fun and it's it's sexy um, but really it boils into how is this going to change the business how are they going to make decisions better and how are they going to Um, really kind of do do their jobs better. So um, when we look at our utilities clients, their biggest focus is is really on safety and and lowering risk. And so we've worked with them to kind of build a a, uh, end-to-end solution that allows them to do better vegetation management. So this is using technologies such as uh, machine vision, coming from drones, and then being able to kind of optimize and kind of understand uh, what are the different types of vegetation that's growing? What's the rate that they're growing at? All at the end goal to be able to give a very intelligent list to their inspectors that go out to do their, um, essentially, their second-level inspections of these high-risk areas. Um, and so that all sounds nice, but the, the awesome thing we've been able to do is from a, a labor plan perspective, this client has now gone from only really being able to plan four months in advance to now being able to plan eight months in advance And when you think about the high demand there is for for people these days and and really just providing a better experience for your employees, uh, that's just significantly better.
1: Forecasting, if done properly, makes everything a better situation scenario, right? Across the board. And um, so are you, would you say that you were Smokey the Bear?
0: Uh, Only on the weekends, only on the weekends.
1: That's cool. Because being able to prevent forest fires using technology is is a pretty sexy thing in my eyes. Um, And I feel like it's making a huge impact. So that's really exciting that we get to be a part of that. Well, and it's funny,
0: Riley, thinking about kind of that comedy made about the pandemic and kind of the mismatch between um, inventory and what was available. um, It's actually kind of a very, very classic um, kind of issue, right? So there's a a book that came out a while ago called uh, The Black Swan. It looks at these very Kind of extreme events that essentially cause wide disruptions. And unfortunately, it's it's pretty easy just to kind of ignore those in your modeling because they're kind of expensive and they never happen, and everyone gets angry at you because you're paying too much to inventory in place. And so the, the real goal is how do you optimize this? How do you make sure that you don't have too little uh, but you don't have too much. And so this is another thing that we've actually helped um, a lot of our clients with. And so what we do is we actually pair a lot of the modern kind of lean management techniques with statistical modeling and just as important, um, different data visualizations and dashboards. That way the, the business can really kind of get the right insights they need to uh, to manage their, their data better. And this is actually a very, very complex space. So I'm going to very quickly kind of hit on um, what are kind of seven of the kind of key business use cases that are in here and then kind of tie back to um, a few of the examples um, where we've helped out. So, when you're thinking about inventory management, right, it's all about um, your material. So, your ordering, your allocation. How do you essentially match these concepts um, for supply with, with demand forecasts? Um, and, you know, part of that demand forecast is understanding your sales, your current inventory management, um, and then identifying any process bottlenecks. So you know, if your lead time is really high to order a part, that then puts a lot of strain on your system in order to kind of get things kind of ordered in time and, and processed quickly. Um, and so there's just all these different kind of components, whether you're looking at um, whether it's processing or reviewing uh, processes or doing reengineering, um, it's scenario planning, um, and it's really what some of the uh, other kind of firms um, describe it as. It's really kind of that control tower management where you wanna be able to provide the business the ability to understand the kind of current state and be more predictive with all the different kind of um, components of their supply chain. Um, so what, what does that look like in, in reality like um, on different projects we've kind of worked out on? Um, one of them, which was a really interesting um, project, we built a custom solution um, for our telecom clients. That essentially automated their bomb process. So if you're not familiar with bomb, bomb is a uh, build of materials. And so when you're thinking about, you know, in their case, deploying um, networking or uh, network sites for um, essentially five G and, and uh, telecom servers and everything else, um, you have to think about all the different bits and pieces you need. And so you go through this whole process of you know engineering a uh, design, and that engineer design, then the engineer will go through and they'll start to kind of put that into the system we built for them. It'll automate kind of the bomb process, make sure they don't miss any parts and it kind of increases the visibility and kind of gets that planning cycle into the, uh, into the system. Um, and then with that, you get you know, increased oversight more controls around procurement, um, better visibility and the critical deadlines and, and everything else. And so when we, we did this, and this was a very, very short description of a very complex multiple year project, Uh, We're able to help our clients save millions of dollars between, you know, having the the wrong stuff, not having enough of the stuff, um, that they essentially needed to uh, to get their um, antennas and insights uh,
1: developed. So it sounds like there's a lot of information flying around and and, and, and who wins in today's day and age is that person that can take away what information is relevant, draw it together. And we're using technology to do that, it sounds like. And um, what do you think companies should be thinking about heading into 2023?
0: Yeah, so that's, that's a really good question, right? I mean, I think, you know, there's still a lot of sore points kind of coming out of the pandemic and people who've kind of um, learned a lot of lessons from it. Um, I think one of the things we're going to see is that technology is going to remain a very critical component and so, a lot of hype around um, 5G is really its low latency, and its ability to, you know, provide um, everything to kind of be connected, right? So, I think the the Internet of Things or, or IoT is is really going to become more real as the 5G is able to kind of connect everything. Um, you're seeing a lot of cloud improvements where they're looking at um, kind of what they're calling edge computing. So, how do you, you know? really move that computing power closer to where it needs to be. And uh, Google and all sorts of other companies have built really fascinating ways to essentially um, do the machine learning work uh, closer to the site instead of, you know, losing all that time setting up to the cloud doing the cloud processing and things like that. Um, and so where you're going to see is the companies will need to really make sure they're ready for this um, because the companies that, that are ready for it, that do have the correct, um, cloud data systems in play. And they've kind of, you know, also just importantly thought through their business use cases. They have their modern data stacks ready to go. They have the right people to kind of implement these um, AI and ML systems will really be best to take advantage of this. And so I think you're gonna continue to see the top performers of of businesses, the companies that are, you know, best able to leverage data are gonna continue to gain advantages when it comes to uh, not only revenue, but, but profitability.
1: Right. And in terms of the, you know, where edge computing is now, it's, it's the same thing kind of recycled, right? It's like, where do we put the memory? Where do we allocate it? What are the trade-offs? Um, how do we simplify things like that? And uh, it's fascinating that we get to be a part of that in the consulting world. Um, and it's one of the, one of the, I think magical things about consulting is having a pulse on, on the the market, where's it going um, and being able to see that and help and help everybody. So very fascinating. Um, I wanted to ask you, Mick, are you a pineapple on or off pizza kind of person? I think
0: any ingredient can find this place on a pizza if it's done right. If you really kind of change the way you define pizza, there's, mm-hmm. uh, there's room for everyone in the, in the party.
1: That's amazing. Is it calzone pizza or is that a pizza sandwich?
0: I think a calzone could be a dumpling.
1: Oh, it's a huge dumpling. That's, that's fantastic. And real quick question. Um, If somebody was interested in logic 2020 um, and being in consulting, what would you say if, if, if if you've been thinking about consulting, what are some things that you should look for in terms of uh, clear indicators that you might be made for consulting?
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. And I've uh, actually had some of my, um, you know, favorite kind of, uh, employees and teammates kind of ask that question. What, what is the, uh, the difference? What is the differentiator? Um, what I look at, I kind of look at two things that's gonna mark success in our, in our consultants. Um, one is intellectual curiosity. Um, and it's, you know, that kind of combined with with, cur- with just general kind of creativity and kind of looking at these different things. So what our clients really appreciate about us is that, you know, our people will work in different industries. So I can take something that I learned from a high-tech client, and it might be directly applicable to a utilities client. Um, and that's something that, you know, that they're hiring people with deep utilities experience only, they, they really want not have that. Um, I guess the second thing we look at is, you know, when people hire consultants, they, they tend to do it because um, they, they need help, right? And they can need help for for various similar reasons, but usually it's not going to be easy. Um, so I'd say if you, you know enjoy um, solving you know, difficult uh, problems and, and really kind of have that you know, kind of grittiness to kind of adapt and adjust, and really try to figure out how to get to the right answer. And, and consulting can be a very uh, rewarding career path
1: um, for you. And I also noticed there's a lot of talkers here and team players, and it goes hand in hand. Would you say?
0: Um, well, no. I mean, I think we I think there's a role for everyone in the company. I don't. I don't think you need to be. Um, the loudest person in the room. Um, I always think it's fun to go to our different happy hours that we have um, as a company, kind of seeing how the different groups interact. Where some groups it's, it's very excitable, it's high energy. Um, other groups are more kind of sitting quietly discussing their you know, books they've read or kind of some articles. Um, and so, yeah, it's consulting is kind of one of those things. It does help if you're, you know, comfortable um, kind of having more of those discussions. But yeah, there's a place for it.
1: That's great. And of course the the talky loud recruiter is going to, you know, claim that everybody's a talker. <laughs> um, well, Mick Wagner, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate this episode. I see Matt still outside looking for us. I'm probably going to go let him know Um he can come back inside because that was pretty cruel. And so, Did
0: uh, you tell him uh, there are kangaroos not- out there? Is that yeah.
1: what yeah. Did you yeah. tell him
0: there are kangaroos? Because he, he gets excited with wallabies, uh, and kangaroos.
1: Uh, he's he's going to say, he's going to say that was a, a ruse of a kangaroos. Um, thank you for joining us. We're not funny, uh, but we're very serious business people. In closing, we talked about supply chain tech, the pain points of it, uh, and also the relevant technology that is being used to solve it. If you're interested in this, please visit us online logic 2020 on LinkedIn. If you're interested in the company, feel free to reach out to me directly. I'm Riley Whiting. I'm a principal talent advisor at the company. I'm happy to chat with anybody. So. Matt's going to take us out as always. We've got him recorded. Mick, thank you so much for your time. Until next time, thank you so much and have a great day.
0: You've been listening to Logic 2020's podcast, Digital Now. To learn more, visit our website at logic2020.com or follow us on social media. See you next time.